You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning. You know, after 78 weeks of not being able to be together next Sunday on the 19th, we're going to be able to. And we are delighted to be able to do so. We're deeply aware that we're a relational people and there is something profound about being in the same room together, worshipping Jesus. You know, Jesus modelled life together in community. He gathered a group of disciples around him. He ministered to them. They ministered to each other together. The disciples uh, were then sent out. They came back together. At times they ministered in groups of two or so in support of each other. We see that in, in the book of Luke. At other times they were in freeze. They went out as a 12. They then had an extended group of followers around Jesus. We could go on and on and on with examples, um, but they were together and they ministered together and they spent time with Jesus together. And we want to do the same. I just they wanted to make two things really clear. Firstly, not everybody is going to be comfortable with coming back just yet and that is okay we want to open the door for those that are ready but we're also going to continue to stream online we will be moving to live online uh, so there may be a few more technical challenges with that just to prepare you from that if you're staying online but it'll be live hosted and from in the room but if you're more comfortable um, with, with staying home, honestly, please know that that is absolutely an option that we're also trying to facilitate and accommodate. The second thing I wanted to make clear is kind of what it's going to be like to be there in the room, because we're going to need to make a few little tweaks. Um, the school obviously are following uh, regulations on cleaning and general best practice, and we're, of course, going to be falling in line with all of them. We already, in a previous day, I think, spaced out the chairs fairly well. Uh, we're going to continue to do that. We're also going to put some chairs nearer to the door for those of you that would prefer. Uh, we can't guarantee that the door will always be open. It's Manchester, uh, but we will certainly do our best to do that. And um, then at this moment in present, we're not going to be passing around the sweets in that little break bit or the offering basket. Um, our refreshment teams have, have looked at some of the best options that might be um, better for us in this moment. So they put some time and attention into that. Of course, they'll all be the standard things of, of sanitizer and stuff like that in numerous locations. And um, with as with anything, if you are not well or displaying any signs of COVID, we're just going to ask that you, you don't come on that particular week. I think we've all got used to that kind of mindset and behaviour in multiple ways. But we're not going to be requiring people to sign up prior to coming. And we're not going to be requiring people to wear a mask. You may, of course, as may many others, um, prefer to wear a mask. And of course, that's not something we're in any way going to discourage um, and we don't want you to feel uncomfortable with wearing it in any way. But as, as before as well, you might remember some of you that have been to that venue before, we tried to stream the sound into the cafe area. We're going to continue to do that. We're also looking at um, 
having the visuals there as well can't guarantee that just again dependent on some of the technology but we will do that um if we can do it and one of the reasons is for some of you you may not want to be in the main room for worship but you may be comfortable in that uh, wider space with less people in it you may feel that is as far as you want to go anyway rather than coming into the main room um so i guess that's just one way of saying look we're we're trying we're trying to find as many ways as we can to help you feel uh, this this is okay to be back in that room. Um, our kids teams, just to let you know, they're going to be functioning fairly normally or as normal as possible. There's a few little things that they will be doing, but obviously the schools are open and that's returned to a degree of normality. I'm also delighted, there's kind of nothing to do with this, we're delighted to be able to be launching uh, a crash this term as well so that may really help some of you and I hope that just um, helps you just as we paint the picture just see and understand what it might be like but I also wanted to say actually we have been really slow um, at getting back in the room I know a lot of churches in the vineyard a lot of churches up and down the country many other churches across this city have been back for a while and we wanted to do it, as we've always said, safely, honourably, prayerfully, and when we do so, quickly. And we believe for us now is that moment. It's not to say for others they got the wrong moment, but for us as a church and as a people, those four things are aligning. Uh, new people will always seek out personal connection, and we want to try and act in a way that leans towards the greatest potential for the spread of the gospel. So we're excited, we're expectant to be able to be back in the room worshipping Jesus together. But this is also a moment for personal choice and personal responsibility. We're of course not forcing anyone to do that. But for those of you that would like to be back in the room, we can be. For those of you that would rather wait, we'll stream it online live as much as we possibly can, dependent on the technology. Therefore, I guess this kind of leads us to the realisation that this is our last week solely online. And we, we just want to make the most of that. We'd love to use this week to give you a little bit of an update on some of what is happening with 422. This is by no means the full story, but I know for some of you, you won't have known the journey. For some of you, some of what we're about to share with you may be, may be fresh, but it will give you greater insight into some of the journey and also the potential of what we're trying to do in that area. Um, some of what we will share is just a fraction outdated. Um, time has passed quite quickly. So to say, yes, the cafe is open. Also, we mentioned volunteering in August. We would say those volunteer places and ability to do that and use this facility as a springboard are very much still there. It's not just dependent on August. But why don't we have a quick look at this video? Many of you will know that 422 Stockport Road, this building, has been a dream in my heart and Steph's heart for quite some time. It's amazing we've now got to the point where we're actually going to be able to open some of the ground floor to the public. We wanted to give you a quick update on it. Our dream and our heart has always been for this building to become a springboard to allow us to serve the city. I'm amazed to say not only that, but also it's now bringing together many other people and partners to be able to be part of that. As you look down this road, you can see into the city centre, you can also see the building that we meet on on a Sunday. We just want to say thank you and celebrate for what has been, what is 
but also let you know some of what might be ahead. It's so exciting, we're so expectant, and we're delighted you're part of this journey with us. Why don't you come and take a look around with us? Well, I'm here with Stuart. I just want to give you a bit more of the detail of some of what's happening, where we're up to, and maybe even some of what's ahead. But Stuart, just tell us a bit about this building. So, you know, we want to reopen the building, reinvigorate it, and do all of the great things that it was originally intended to do. And it, am I right in saying it was the second ever public library? Is that yeah, right? that's yeah. right. So Alexander Ireland founded the first free public library uh, in England, up the road in Manchester. That was such a great success that he wanted to repeat it and was one of the leading lights in establishing this building. Amazing, let's, let's walk and talk, but even the, the way we've, we've tried to keep something of the building just for the staircase. You know, it, it's not a listed building and it is about reopening it and providing services and helping people. And a level two apprentice, their lifetime economic value is 175,000 pounds to UK PLC. And we've established three of them. Two we've hired ourselves um, and then the electrician student uh, Mick, he impressed our electricians so much they took him on as apprentice. So phenomenal. It's not just the story of what happens when the building's open, the journey of it coming to this point is equally as amazing. So two two rooms at the side of the cafe. Um, work is still being done on them, but Stuart can tell us just a bit of the, the story of, of what's going on with them. And there's so much to be inspired about in this area. When we look across the road and there's a, uh, a blue uh, plaque there and it's uh, Edwin Chadwick uh, was born in that building. He established the poor laws and also got through legislation that required factory owners, if they were, had children working there, to give them three hours a day education. We've also just got down the road, uh, Emmeline Pankhurst, again, very famous suffragette, did lots of good things. And what we want to do is to inspire future generations to do the same again. So we've decked these uh, rooms out, we've got the support of Manchester City Libraries and all of their artifacts. And what we'll do is put up displays around the room about and celebrating what they did and the great things that they did for this area and for the rest of the country in sanitation and, and getting the vote and all of those good things. Amazing. It's just incredible to see how this community hub has is, is got a long-standing relationship in this community and also is birthing so much more. Can you just, I know off the top of your head, you could probably just give us a few things about this local area. Even just the, uh, it's Banday housing predominantly, isn't it? Which there's a huge need for space in a place like this. Yeah, so we, uh, before the pandemic, we consulted, uh, we knocked on over a thousand doors. We have pop-up uh, uh, consultation in McDonald's and the library. And whilst people wanted different things, they wanted the sense of space. So that's why we exposed all of the false ceilings. We've taken down all the last and plaster to make it look good again. So people get that feeling of space, which they don't get. As you said, 72% of the homes here are tiny band A and, and they want to get out. They want to communicate with people. So just through here, we've got some uh, toilets, a little office, but there's also the cafe area that Naomi will just talk you through a little bit of. Welcome to the cafe space. Hopefully it looks a bit different from when you've last seen it. It's come on such a long way. We're so excited that from this week, we are opening a soft launch 
Pure Innovations are in the, in the kitchen right now, getting things ready, finding homes for everything. And next week, we are going to be inviting our community into this space. So we're now no longer in purely the building phase of 422. It's so exciting that anybody can come through these doors and feel welcomed and at home in this space. Our menu is really affordable. That's thanks to a partnership with Pure Innovations, who are providing all of the staffing costs and we're doing a pay it forward coffee scheme. So if you come and maybe you can afford more than one pound for coffee, you can pay it forward and we can invest that into, into our community again, which is so exciting. We've also got other people wanting to hire the cafe space. So the University of Manchester and University of Manchester volunteers have been volunteering in the space already. They want to come and um, work with Pure Innovations in the cafe to volunteer and upskill so that they can get jobs. We've also got a community fridge through a partnership with BollyFit Women's Active Group, which initially is going to be hosted um, in the entrance and then that's going to grow as, as more of the rooms become ready, the pantry room, we can move it in there. And that's going to be amazing for loads of local families who we supported through our food bank last year and other groups who can come and access in a really dignified way either really affordable or free food so our this whole space has thrived really through partnerships pure innovations have been phenomenal we've had furniture donated volunteer hours poured into this space so yeah we can't wait to be able to launch it in the next few weeks and then over the summer there are loads of opportunities for Anyone in Manchester Vineyard, you can come and volunteer. We're going to host some community lunches where we're going to have different topics around um, healthy start vouchers or just well-being throughout COVID. How do we come back and how do we re-emerge well um, around mental health as well? So that's going to be hopefully Tuesdays throughout August that you can come and volunteer at. There are loads more new ways for you to get involved if you'd like to. So yeah, we're so excited that the first part of the building is going to be ready and open. So we're back in the main hallway. Uh, one of these rooms hopefully will be a pantry for a, for a season of the life of this place, but let's go and have a quick look at the basement. So for the whole of the basement, it's around classrooms and offices, so teaching people, renting a few of those out to uh, make some income that makes the rest of the building sustainable. Um, obviously, we've had incredible provision through the boilers, um, a group yeah. of plumbers gave a lot of time and worked yeah. towards that, didn't they? Yeah, and, and we've had, you know, since then, you know, things are snowballed, the, the catalyst effect of actually people can see this is going to happen. Still yeah. a long way to go and lots of fundraising to do and lots of work to do, but the momentum's there. And so NG, a fabulous company who do all the support and office maintenance and renovations for Manchester Council, out of their social value contribution, are gonna fix the toilets in the basement. So they used to be public toilets in the 1940s, and we're gonna put those back in, disabled, female only, general use toilets. And, and have those. Stuart, just tell us, there's many plans for this basement area, but what's particularly going on with this room? Yeah, so uh, we've got a great partnership uh, going on with the Youth Project Vision, who are an organisation just across the road. So they have a commercial arm where they do recording with um, studio artists and uh, musicians, but they also want to give back, as, as a lot of us do. And so we're working with them to create a digital room here. And that'll be a multifaceted digital room where people can do recording, podcasts, those sorts of areas. They'll help them do that. But we'll also 
impart some of the essential digital skills. So more and more things are required online is how do you claim your benefits, how do you pay your rent, how do you do these things. And in this area, particularly in this area, a lot of those skills are sadly lacking, so people miss out. So yeah, it's one, enjoyment and some essentials as well for this room. And I just want to kind of pick up on one thing Stuart said about people giving back and I want to give a shameless invitation really to people to be part of this. It's not just a building project but the many openings and opportunities to be part of what the, this facility is providing and the springboard that it is to interact and to relate to others, come and be part of it. So here we are up in the main hall. I think for most people there is a bit of a wow factor to this particular room and I really would recommend coming and seeing, seeing is believing. But Stuart, talk us through where we're up to, what are some of the hopes and dreams for this space currently? Yeah, so um, we want to create this as a flexible space, so it's going to be the hall. It's not going to be a sports hall, it's not going to be a performance hall, it's just a hall to do stuff. Uh, we've, we've had great support from Sport England and the biggest reason for them supporting us is that only 10% of the population use sports centres. So it's those people who are motivated, active, want to get in there. and actually 90% don't want to use those facilities. There's a fear factor, they have a bad experience at school, they don't want to be compared to the gym bunnies, all of that aspect. So what we're doing is providing exercise but fun. And people will see just by the kind of scene in the background, there's still a fair bit of work to go but also we've come quite a way haven't we I remember the early days of there was a there was a stage and um, a completely boarded up storage area we've had people in relaying the floor, matching the floor in. There's some other stuff still to do. I want to just talk us through some of that, even what the hopes, probably slightly longer term, but what's the dream for the, this balcony area as well? Yeah, of course. So yes, there is more work to do, but we want to get it open as soon as possible for people just enjoying it. So we've got an L3 fire alarm throughout, so we're compliant with that. Our fire safety officers are happy to sign off on the fact that we can use this, at least during daylight hours. As I mentioned, NG are doing the lighting and powering here. So we're not just going to wait for that moment when it's perfect before we start using it in some capacity. We're gonna get it open as soon as possible. Yeah, incredible. So what we've got plans for uh, up here is that this used to be the viewing area uh, back in the Victorian days and what we want to do is get all that horrible stud work down, get that balustrade shot blasted and, and cleaned up so it all looks elegant, have a glass balcony there initially because it's too low for safety levels but then when we get sufficient funds create music practice rooms in there. So just outside 422, just met Shaz, who was walking by. Um, and Shaz, you remember this building? Absolutely. I came here in the mid-80s, late 80s, uh, for sports, including badminton, weight training, uh, bar football. We used to come and watch a lot of sports as well on the television, like boxing and stuff. Yeah. It was really good, you know, really productive. Uh, Probably. And it's been a significant, it was a significant part of the community. Absolutely, then, absolutely. Yeah. Kept us off the streets, you know, kept us out of trouble. So I'm really pleased it's uh, going to reopen again. Yeah, amazing. So I was just saying, within the next week, I think the cafe is going to be open. And you were saying you'd be excited to be here. Yeah, again, we didn't have a cafe. We didn't have them facilities when I used to attend uh, in the 80s. But that would be amazing to accompany yeah. that with sports, refreshments. 
Yeah, yeah, and you were saying good for the kids as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think something you could include is like boxing or some kind of martial arts. Yeah, I do. I think there's actually a plan to have some boxing classes. That'd as well. be amazing, you know, for this upcoming generation yeah. now. Oh, thank you for your time. So good to meet you. No problem yeah, at all. Lovely. God bless you, folks. Thank you. So we're right outside the building. This route along here is phenomenally busy. I believe there's a bus every three minutes along here. But also, just a lot of work has happened since we started this project, hasn't it? I wondered, can you just talk us through some of what's going on at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So um, we uh, we wanted to get some lights, uh, some natural light into the basement. So we ordered some uh, pavement lights from a great company, Glassbox, in Dublin. Um, because of Brexit, it took four months to get here, but it's in and it's working and we'll make that all look nice. Uh, also, we've had the, the ramp uh, tarmac for free by a wonderful company called Beeline and um, Wayne used to play badminton up in the hall. So we leveraged on that all. You know, when you were young, you had the benefit and he went, yeah, of course, I'll just do it for you. And he's going to help us out with the car park as well. Which is amazing, the hearts of local people who have just seen and understood this project. But also, I think that just gives a snapshot of the reality of what's happened here. Somebody's done this for free and the amount of times we could retell that story over different parts of the building. I'm so grateful for some of the volunteers, contractors, many of the people who have just given time, money and resources to be part of the vision of this place. But let's have a let's have a walk around the building. One of the, the things I've loved about this is this centre, this building, is part of the community. It's not a standalone on a separate estate. You can almost just coming around the back, you realise that and you get the feel of that. But Stuart, we you put a lot, I know others have, but you put a lot of time and work into trying to secure a lift for this building, incredibly important just to increase the accessibility. But can you talk us through that? Yeah, so we've always, as you know, Paul, always had a passion for as many people can use this building as possible. Given the fact it was built in the 1850s, they didn't consider disability then. But we're changing all of that and we're going to put a fabulous 13-person lift on the outside of here. Amazing. I think you've said before that the lift alone is as complex as the whole uh, wider project, isn't it? But just talk us through the windows as well. I remember when we first came here, boarded up, there was grills on the windows. It was really in a sorry state, isn't it? And obviously now it's very different. It is, and uh, at, the, at the beginning it was limited funds. How do we reopen this place with limited funds? And our architect said, oh, you are having hardwood windows, sash windows, and I went, uh, no, we're going to go for the cheapest possible. So he said, well, look, look, wait, wait, wait. Just have a word with Ian Sanderson of Sanderson Brothers in Preston who make windows. Have a chat to him. So uh, Ian, gruff Lancastrian, came down, sized it all up, didn't say much and said, hmm, like what you're doing, I'll see what I can do with the price. And he came in cheaper than PVC windows. You know, a fantastically generous offer. Another massive uplifting moment when we put these windows in and the light shines in and it just looks wonderful. At that moment, people went, this is possible. Yeah, and we really saw that in the cafe, just seeing the light stream in. So many people, even some of the councillors, 
I love what you're doing, but I don't think you'll ever do it. People have started to believe it'll happen. And another story of just how we've seen people be remarkably generous with their provision towards us. And Ian didn't just stop at the windows, he has also given us fantastic front doors as well. So we fitted the middle front doors that give access to the cafe, and we're about to take delivery of the other front doors yeah. as well. So a lot of construction work's got to go on here with taking down some walls, but we're going to keep that reading room and we're going to keep all of that nice stuff, renovate it, make it look good. And then because that room doesn't actually go anywhere, you can't access any other part of the building with it, we're going to keep bees in there. So, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've got volunteers attending bee training courses with Greater Manchester Beekeepers Association and we're going to deck it out, we're going to plant bee-friendly plants around the place, have planters around the car park. We're going to use this to, to show the kids how important bees are for pollination. They're just absolutely essential for everything happening in, the, in that sort of world. And that's, that is amazing in itself, but it also for those who are watching this, seeing this from wider than Manchester, the, the symbol of the bee is, has become quite a significant and important part of this city. Well, let me just finish by saying a huge thank you to all of those that have grafted and put in significant effort to get us this far. There's still a very exciting chapter ahead, but let's celebrate where we've got to so far. Exactly. Isn't that just quite remarkable? There's already so many stories emerging of lives impacted. Obviously, we've, we've still got a way to go, but we just want to take a moment and pause and celebrate what is and what has been. Um, we also wanted to mention to you there's a fairly important meeting on the 27th of September that could really unlock the next phase. And we'd love you to join us in praying in the lead up to that, but also on that particular day, really praying and also joining us in fasting. Once again, we need a we need a God moment, but we wanted to take the moment with you today just to to celebrate. You know, some of you will have also been stirred. What is your part and what is your role in the days ahead? Some of you also wouldn't have got the opportunity when we first set this out um, to go on that adventure, to pray with us, to dream with us, to give to this project and we'd love to invite you into this and to be part of it as this next chapter unfolds. We're very much also looking forward to seeing you um, next Sunday for those of you that can make it. We want to say a huge thank you to all of you that are joining us on Teams to help facilitate that and make that happen. This isn't a huge step and it takes quite a push to do it but it's incredible i think over 137 individual team places have been filled so um thank you thank you thank you but why don't we just let's just take a moment to pray and to celebrate some of what we shared this morning so father we thank you we thank you we thank you we thank you for your provision we don't just seek your hand with though we want to seek your face and this morning as ever we want to make much of Jesus. We want to say thank you for the honour and privilege of being able to serve that community for all that you're facilitating through it, for all of the connections and partnerships that are forming. And Lord, I just pray you would steady us for this next stage. Lord, for those who feel burdened by the, by the regathering moment, I just pray for a moment of release. Lord, I pray for all of us that we'd continue with eyes fixed on you, that you would form us into a community, into your people, 
having purpose to live out your works and to serve you with everything within you. I pray that we would just continue to make much of you. Lord, I pray that the presence of the living God this morning would just fall afresh upon us. Empower us, encourage us, anoint us, heal us, release us, free us and send us. Lord, all that we do, all that we are, all that we think is in worship and praise to you. Would you be our God and would we be your people? Prepare our hearts for this next stage of our journey together as a church, we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. We hope you have a wonderful week and we cannot wait to see many of you in person and also welcome those of you that will be joining us online next Sunday. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.